Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're my wife. There's going to be things that are just expected to be done. And same thing with me. I'm your husband. There's things that are expected to be done. Those are, are big moments for me where I'm like, But why I need are my they partner. such big moments? I don't they understand. It's I not, feel like they are. I feel like somebody taught you something that is gonna make you end up divorced you know, several times because that expectation of marriage, of what real life marriage looks like, I just think like it's gonna topple over. I feel like I don't really know how I'm going to help you if you have this archaic idea about, and very flimsy idea about what makes a good wife. Especially because I believe that physical and emotional intimacy are so precious, and that's what life is all about with a partner. Mm-hmm. If it's hinging on cooking and cleaning, it is, it's too flimsy of an argument, you're not going to make it with anybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. Wow. Is anybody happy? Hard to say. <laughs> We're now gearing up to the month anniversary in this episode and the couples all have a visit with Dr. Viviana as well as getting questions, gift baskets. It's very sex forward. Let's get into it. Let's start off with Lindsay and Mark. So... Lindsay starts off having a video chat with her friend Melanie. Things aren't great. Things are not great. She gives her the scoop on the whole situation with Mark right now, which is that, yeah, they have a lot of common blah, blah, blah. Great. But he pulled way back. So she feels like 
since Mark was the one who initiated sex in their relationship to begin with, it's pretty hypocritical of him to go back on that now and say that he wants to wait until they're closer. And it's been two weeks at that point since the last time they had sex. Melanie looks shocked and is like, it's been two weeks and you're still in this relationship. (laughs) So then Lindsay continues to say that earlier that day they were taking a nap. And Mark took all her clothes off and she thought, okay, here's the moment. And then, done. Um, I got to go to the gym. See you later, toots. And then smacks her on the ass and, you know, bye. (laughs) uh, And uh, clean the litter while I'm gone, won't you? Um, So she's definitely feeling some type of way at this point. And she's like, you know what? Um you have been going on and on about how you want this emotional connection with me, but whatever the hell that was, wasn't emotional. So, okay. She says, I was just like, you know what? Forget it. Go off to planet fitness and I'll find a vibrator and finish myself off. I'm not even going to worry about it. Then Melanie says that she's surprised that Mark isn't more of a pleaser in bed since he seems to be such a people pleaser in real life. And Lindsay's like, no, There's no pleasing going on. Nothing. Not even a little bit. Like, I had better sex when I was out here single and dating. (laughs) So then Lindsay says that she needs to have a better understanding of what exactly an emotional connection is to Mark. (laughs) And Melanie is like, Lindsay, you're like a toaster, okay? And Mark needs to take apart all of your parts and put it back together and figure out who he you are before he can go there and put his bread inside of you. But she just said that he put his bread in, that he only got to like a level two before he popped out. So I don't know. In a confessional, Lindsay says that the way they're going now, she feels like she and Mark are never going to have sex again. And her vagina is going to turn into the Sahara desert. So she goes on to tell Melanie that she feels <clears throat> like she needs a lot more from Mark than what she's getting because it's not enough. Okay. Didn't we end on a good note with them last week? <laughs> I never know where I am. I, I never know where I am with them. So then Dr. Viviana comes over and Mark says in a confessional that he's hoping that the conversation is about like more positive stuff than the things that they're not doing like sex stuff. (laughs) So Dr. Viviana sits down and she asks them how they feel about their marriage and just bursting out laughing. She starts off with the donkey laugh. Mark's laughing because he's scared and doesn't know what's going to be happening at any given moment. And Dr. Viviana's overwhelmed immediately is like, I don't really know if I can do this with you guys. Can we tone it down? <laughs> so then she asks Mark, like, how do you feel? And he says, it's been an interesting three weeks of getting to know somebody. He does not like her. He does not like her. He's trying. And I give him all the kadoos in the world for that. But he, his man is overwhelmed. His system is an overload he doesn't like her and i don't think he ever will like does anybody see him saying yes to her on decision day because i don't i don't see how it's possible not at this point anyway so dr viviana says straight up 
I knew that there were going to be fireworks between you guys, but like, I did not think it was going to get this bad. And then we see a highlight reel of all their fights and, you know, um, the bowling alley situation the other times. And the thing that really stuck out to me is that I just feel like maybe because she's wearing it in this conversation with Dr. Viviana that we can divorce ourselves and say no on decision day to this, uh, coral peachy and Taylor loft maxi dress that she's got going. Like we get it. We get it. Okay. It's done. It's done. It's not sparking joy for me anymore. <sighs> you know, I, we need to go back to like, uh, finding our colors. I think, I think that, that she thinks that she's warm and she's cool. I, I need, her to like find an, an elder, not an elderly or just like an older person in the South Boston area. I know she's got <clears throat> somebody has in their basement, those like smock things where you can find out if you're like a fall or a spring or a winter. I would like her to, to go on that journey because I think she could learn a lot. We'll just say that. Cause it's kind of giving like, um, you know, like if a, if a hot dog could be a businesswoman. And like a social media influencer. That's kind of what it's giving. And I don't think that's a, that's the message that she's trying to send. You know, I'm just trying to help, right? The only ever trying to help. (laughs) So anyway, then Dr. Viviana asks them to like explain the trajectory of their sex life. Lindsay straight up says it's dead. And her side of the story is that she met Mock on the first day. He was like, I promise to be like vulnerable with you and make sure that you feel cared for and that really loved and they had sex the next day it was it happened and then two days later they have sex again and at that point mark says that he doesn't feel good about having sex with her so mark agrees that yeah he did make moves when he felt comfortable in the moment and then situations happen right so dr viviana asks how the first time was mark says that for him it was good. She says it was good for a first time, which is a an important distinction. And she felt like that first time he was really passionate and romantic and that he could handle her. But now it's not really looking that way. So <laughs> Dr. Viviana says to Lindsay, do you want to have a good sex life? Because I feel like maybe you should stop being so rude in the way you talk about <laughs> talk about it and Lindsay I cannot stand when people do this like it is a little pretentious for people to demand that you use their distinction but this woman is in a position to be mentoring you she is the expert you can call her Dr. Viviana um we don't need to be calling her Viv okay do people in her real life call her Viv I would have been really annoyed by that. Like, let's, this is too much me and you, Lindsay. Okay. Um, So she goes, you know, it's just so hard, Viv, like to talk to him about this. And, you know, I just feel like I'm kind of throwing in the towel and giving up. And Dr. Viviana tells her that she doesn't get to give up in marriage. (laughs) And she encourages them to figure out what feels good to both of them to where physical intimacy starts making more sense. Then Dr. Viviana asks them if they trust each other and they say that they both feel like the other one doesn't trust. Like he feels like she doesn't trust her, him, vice versa. And 
so then Dr. Viviana challenges them to like prove to each other that they're looking out for their marriage's best interest and to not be like hurtful with each other. (laughs) And that there have been times where she's just like listening and watching them and just shaking their head and tells them to quit hitting below the belt. Lindsay. I don't really think Mark's hitting below the belt, but she's been punching down there uh, quite a bit to anybody who will listen. Like maybe on a subconscious level, Mark's penis knows that she's talking shit about him and is just like, I can't get it up for her. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. Okay. So then I guess things are fine. (laughs) I guess things are okay with them because then we see Lindsay, she sets up a date with Mark, which is a Nerf gun battle in their apartment. And she's having a great time. She puts on a whiteboard. She goes hide in the closet um, and says, you know, whoever loses has to rub the other one's feet. And Mark walks in the door and sees a sign and goes, what? (laughs) So then they proceed to play the game. He finds her in the closet. And Lindsay is absolutely living her best life. Mark, however, is just trying to live at all. (laughs) And he says that the combination of Lindsay's maniacal laughing and the gun in her hand, he's genuinely scared that she might kill him that night. Then they hear a knock on the door. Fortunately... He was saved by the bell and they're treated to a basket full of like sex toys and games and lotions and potions, right? So they pull out a card that talks about the silent treatment, which is just a way to build their intimacy without actually speaking to each other. And Mark says in a confessional that this is actually like an ideal situation for him because there's just like a lot of noise going on in their relationship. And he really prefers his intimacy to be like softer and quieter, right? Mark is like a Nabisco soft-baked cookie, whereas Lindsay is like like a pecan sandy that just scrapes the roof of your mouth. Then they find that they have matching ball gags in the basket, and Lindsay proceeds to attempt to choke out Mark with the ball gag, and he is like, I can't breathe, my teeth are going to break, please stop, please stop uncle help and so he's just got this ball gag just loosely hanging around his mouth and Lindsay says in a confessional that mark looks like a pig in a polynesian buffet that didn't quite get the apple stuck in his mouth (laughs) jesus christ i would have yeeted myself off the brooklyn bridge as soon as she finished that sentence if i were mark like whoa Like, on no planet is that nice. Like, that's not funny. (laughs) It's so specific. (laughs) And it's cruelty that, like, damn, girl. Does she like him either? Like, this doesn't really seem like a man that you really want to have sex with. So, maybe we shouldn't. But, uh, yikes. (laughs) Yikes. Um, Then they have to, like, do candy sex thongs honestly i don't really care did anything happen at one point mark had to show Lindsay how he liked to be uh cuddled and what proceeded to happen is that Lindsay started dolphin laughing again and mark drooled all over her shoulder so let's move on because frankly it got increasingly more boring after that um hmm. katina and elijah one yike 
Yike, yike, yike. Uh, if, oh, let me just talk about it. So their scene starts with Katina telling us that the night before when Elijah says that she wasn't stepping up as his wife at their dinner, their passive aggressive, uh, learn how to make a meal date that she felt really disappointed because she takes being the role of a wife, specifically his wife, really seriously. Thank God Dr. Viviana arrives and Katina says that she's really excited to talk to her. And I'm sure you are like, I would be really excited to have somebody be on my side too. If I were her like, good God, I can't imagine how trapped Katina must've felt in that moment and how alone that she felt in the relationship. Like that shit was so deep and so disgusting. Ugh, I, I really, really feel for her. So as soon as Dr. Viviana sits down, she gets right to it and is like, you know, we get information about our couples and straight up says to Elijah Wan, why is it that every time I hear stuff about you guys, it has to come down to food and cooking? Like, what is that? <laughs> so Elijah Wan says that that's what he needs in his wife. And so Dr. Viviana says, okay, well, how did you feed yourself before you got married? And he's like, oh, you know, like I would do quick little things. But, you know, now I have a wife and she works at home. And this is where we have to do a timeout right now. Because I, we all know that if the roles were reversed and Katina was going out to work and he was at home, this would not even cross his mind to be the one doing the fair share. There's always this expectation of like a woman in the home, even if she's working remotely or she's a stay at home mom or what have you, that there's all this expectation that they should do every single bit of housework and no more. Okay. 2022. All right. 2022. And fuck him. Like, I just don't, he's such a, he's so vile. Like, ugh, he really, really, he really, really bothers me. So then he goes on to say that he has no problem taking on household duties as long as he's happy. And when Dr. Viviana asks, okay, well, what if you're not happy? Elijah Wan says, well, I just kind of look at it like, why am I in this marriage? how like how do you get what what chat rooms what message boards what instagram people are you following to get to this line of thinking like how does that make sense in your mind as a reasonable thing to expect from anybody much less somebody that you're supposed to be partnered with like (laughs) and and it's even more confusing to me because he had that whole thing at the very beginning where he was telling his family he was getting married at first sight and how it was important that his wife cook and clean or, and, and his sister-in-law was like, yeah, I don't really think that's going to work. Like, I, I don't really think we're doing that these days. So it's not like he's getting it from his brother, right? His brother's relationships aren't that way. So (sighs) this is extremely troubling to me. And I don't want to, I don't want to deal with him. I like, I don't want him on my TV anymore. I really don't. So Dr. Viviana is also very shocked. I've never seen her eyes grow wider. And then 
He goes on to say that it's more than just the cooking. And then he brings up the housewarming party again and how, you know, when it got down to the end of the night and she said she only wanted to sweep half the floor, he got bothered (laughs) and then started to question if they were on the same level. Wait for it. He got bothered and questioned if they were on the same level mentally. <laughs> what? Now you're questioning, you're actually sitting here and genuinely questioning this woman's mental capabilities. In what planet? Because she didn't feel like sweeping? You think she's got what? Developmental delays? Like, what? Of course, at this point, my girl, Dr. Viviana, is flabbergasted that he's now questioning Katina's mental capability because she simply did not want to sweep. So he tries to pull it back and correct himself that like, you know, that a couple days after the housewarming party, she didn't want to clean up again. And he just never would have put his head down on the pillow and gone to sleep if he saw his wife trying to clean up. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you said, let the record show that he said in his retelling of the story, the first time that she said she only wanted to sweep half the floor. And so he sent her to bed. You're the one who sent her there, principal Elijah Wan. So now you're acting like, oh, I would have never, I would have never laid my head and put my do-rag on and laid my head upon my pillow if I had known that she had been out there. Yes, you would have, because you'd just been talking cash shit about how she works from home, and so she's expected to be doing this, and because she's not, there's something mentally wrong with her. So, (sighs) he's acting like she is putting uh, silverware in the microwave, not flushing, not bathing after herself. Like, I saw somebody put up a great, very great point of, Katina had an entire life and was able to live it and function, before this marriage so like you know she's got a career it doesn't really seem like anything would indicate other than the fact that maybe she's just not very domestic which most people aren't but there would be something she would have some sort of diminishment like i he really said that and he you know he thought it and he's been thinking it and was like you know what i'm gonna tell this mental health professional counselor that I think there's something mentally wrong with my wife because she just doesn't really find it that interesting to clean up behind me. Gosh. Then Dr. Viviana says that she understands if you don't feel like you're in a partnership at home, but to base all of this on not cooking and cleaning is really trivial. And then finally, she asks Katina how she feels about the situation And she says, you know what, I kind of feel like at this point, if I do something wrong, then my partner's going to threaten to leave me. And Elijah Wan keeps continuing with his bullshit excuses and even goes so far to call Katina lazy. Thank fuck, Dr. Viviana reads the hell out of him and says, he has a very specific idea of what a husband and wife looks like. And that if Katina doesn't live up to that, that it sounds like, what he's planning on doing is talking down to her, calling her lazy. And that's really how it's coming across. And while she's hoping that that's not really what's going on behind closed doors, that's how it looks. (laughs) And 
Then she goes on to say that, like, I hope, Katina, that you don't feel like this. And Elijah rushes to say, no, of course she doesn't feel like, you know, like I speak for her. (laughs) And then, so Dr. Viviana asks Katina, do you feel like Elijah is beating up on you? And she says that he says things that she's felt insecure about before she entered into the marriage and how hurtful it was to be called out for those things and how it makes her feel like she's not good enough. And then she even says that Elijah Juan might have his troop, but he might have his truth and he might feel a certain way, but it's his tone and the delivery and the words that he uses that are really harsh and they start echoing inside of her mind. And then she tells him that he really needs to work on his energy and his tone. So then Dr. Viviana asks Elijah Wan what it is that he heard from what she said. And he basically says that what he heard is that he needs to watch his tone in his words. But Dr. Viviana points out that pointing out your wife's triggers and insecurities is not taking care of her like you claiming you're doing. But he skips right over that and continues to talk about like how his wants are big moments for him. So then Dr. Viviana breaks it down again and says, you know, I feel like somebody told you something that's going to make you divorced several times. And your expectation of what a marriage looks like is going to topple over again and again. And then she straight up says that I feel like I don't know how I'm going to help you if you have these straight up archaic and frankly flimsy ideas of what it makes to have a good wife. Thank you. Like, I can't even talk to you because you're being absolutely unreasonable and then she goes on to say that like physical and emotional intimacy in her mind are the most important parts of a relationship but if all of this shit is just hinging on cooking and cleaning then she doesn't think Elijah Wan is going to make it with Katina or anybody this idiot knows that he has nowhere to go at this point because Dr. Viviana just said like hey I know what I'm talking about here I'm the expert And so he starts to cry and he starts to cry about how frustrated he is because he likes her and he feels like he's giving a hundred percent of himself and his needs are just not being met. And so it's tough for him. Oh my God. Is it so hard for you? Is it so hard that you have to verbally abuse your wife? Oh my God. My God. Poor thing. Poor Poor thing. Let's all cry for Elijah on you guys. Let's all cry for him. Did you ever consider that maybe Katina doesn't feel safe with a man who uh, tries to aggravate her while she's afraid on a horse during their honeymoon or constantly testing her in the gym to push her to do things that she doesn't want to do and that he admittedly doesn't even want to do just to see if she'll say no. Like, gosh, do you think that maybe she doesn't feel like she has a soft place to land with you? You think that might be it, Elijah Or are you too busy um, calling her and like looking at medical diagnoses for her? And all of her deficiencies. Take take some time. Take a little walk, Elajuan, and maybe think about your actions and why you're not getting what you need. He starts talking some bullshit about like how he it's it's frustrating for him to put himself out there and not know how she feels. And Dr. Viviana corrects him and says that what he's really feeling is scared. So he reveals that the real reason why he's berating her 
for not cooking and cleaning is not because that's what he actually needs. Like, oh, wouldn't you, to the shock of absolutely nobody, he says, I really actually don't really need that from you. <laughs> it's really not about that at all. I, I can cook and I can clean. Because much like you've had a whole life, so have I. And I've made it. And now I'm perfectly capable of continuing to do those things to make myself live. And this ring on my finger isn't really going to change that. So anyway, uh, so he says, <laughs> sorry, I just grunted in the, in the mic. I'm sorry. So what does he say? It's just basically like his emotional needs are not being met because she's not being vulnerable enough with him. So of course, Katina has to sit there, turn to him, look in his eyes and promise to Elijah Wan that she's going to be more vulnerable and more open. But Dr. Viviana interrupts Katina and says, I just don't want you to continue operating in this relationship from a place of fear. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> so after that, we see Katina setting up a date for Elijah Wan and it's, you know, all of his favorite candies. Cause they're going to have a movie night. Now this man is getting rewarded for admitting for his absolute bullshit reason for putting her through hell and making the bags under her eyes bigger and puffier. Okay. So he is like such a smitten kitten. He's talking about how, or Katina's talking about how, um, he had been saying over and over again and over and over and over and over again over the course of the three weeks that he's just wanted to have a movie night, but they couldn't get the schedule right because he works late and yada, yada, yada. So he is so happy and he gives Katina his version of praise, which is backhanded compliments about how his breath is being taken away because he can't believe that she actually listened to him. <laughs> And then he goes, well, I'm happy that I got to see this side of you <laughs> and see that you can hear me even at my worst moments. Great. Yeah. Well, what about her worst moments? You're, you're about to 5150 her because she didn't feel like sweeping one night. Ugh. <laughs> he really, I'll never forget that. I will never forget him saying that. So Katina, I guess, is happy. She's talking about how, you know, he might be whatever but he like he's a really big softy inside and it's like okay girl i guess if you like it then you can have that i don't know they talk about how he's not really like a going out kind of guy like katina is he's thrilled that he doesn't have to you know pretend to want to sip champagne out at the club and he could just be himself i'm not moved by this at all i don't care He's a monster. He did not even remotely take enough responsibility for his actions and say, hey, uh, me lashing out at you and making you go through mental torture is not an excuse for my feeling like you're not vulnerable enough for me. And I will never do that to you again. And I will never put you in a position where like we, yeah. I mean, she mentioned, hey, Katina, you need to stop operating out of a place of fear. But, like, I don't feel like we really held his gnarled feet to the fire about how maybe he shouldn't be so fearsome. Fearful. Whatever. So. <sighs> Divorce, babes. Divorce. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, let's move on to Michael and Jasmina. They get their questions first. And Michael asks Jasmina what it is that he can do to make their relationship better and why. So Jasmina says that she would like if Michael just talked to her about the little things throughout the day. Just check in, stupid stuff. And she feels like that will lead to them having bigger conversations. Then they both make a joke about how, like, this isn't exactly a fun game that we thought it was going to be, but they go on and Michael says that what he needs from Jasmina is to have her listen to him and really understand that he's not her enemy. Then Jasmina picks the question of uh, telling an embarrassing story. So she tells a story about how when she entered high school, the older students would haze and prank the younger students. So there was an older girl who pranked her into believing that she was on her period and that it was showing in her pants. She was like, oh, girl, let's go to the bathroom. You know, I'll help you. And then at the last minute, the girl runs away from her and, like, takes her bag away that was supposed to be hiding this alleged period stain. Jasmina freaks out and, like, drops to the floor and screams and everybody sees her and they're laughing. Not because she actually has or is on her period, but because... They're pranking her. They're totally lying. So she talks about how embarrassing it was. And then <laughs> and then it's Michael's turn. And Michael turns to her and says, um, have I told you the pee-pee boy story? <laughs> and she does what I do, would do, which is just burst out laughing. And he's like, why do you have to laugh right now? Like, I haven't even told the story and you're already laughing. She's like, well, it's just because you said pee-pee boy. Like, pee-pee's funny. <laughs> pee-pee is funny. She's right. She's right about that. Jasmine and I are really quite alike. And I have been writing for her, even though uh, a lot of you, most of the America hasn't. But you guys, I'll, I'm going to be on your page later. Trust me. I'm not that delusional. So he goes on to talk about how when he was six, they were doing story time at school. And he was asking his teacher, like, hey, can I go to the bathroom and the teacher was like no stop being disruptive you can go when the story's under so he says over when the story's over so he says all right i got something for you (laughs) so he just busted wide open on the floor and the kids are screaming and jumping up on the tables and the chairs to avoid peepee boys reign of terror and um yeah a, a nickname was formed he really has like pee pee boy energy. Like I should have known this really is the energy of a guy who got made fun of for some sort of urinary related accident. 
Oh, anyway, so then they have to give each other compliments about their physical appearance or what their favorite physical feature is. And she says that she really likes his arms and he likes her smile. And then they talk about where they are in terms of, oh, excuse me, sorry. She starts to blush. Everything's good. Dr. Viviana comes over and of course she wants to talk about their physical intimacy. And Jasmina says that she really needs to have like an emotional mental connection with somebody before she uh, can be physical with somebody. And that to be frank, her vagina can't even get it wet with somebody she's not connected to. So (laughs) Jasmina does say that there are times that she does feel really connected with Michael, but then there are other times where she feels like they're just coexisting with each other. I wonder, are they, they are sharing a bed. Yeah. Cause we do see them later. Um, so when Dr. Viviana asks them if the coexisting feeling stems from their first fight, Michael says yes. And that he's basically at this point too scared of being labeled aggressive to really open up and communicate to Jasmina. Jasmina says that she really wanted to start fresh and that she meant that, but that there's only so much she can do. Michael says that he essentially feels like he keeps trying to fix the issue and that Jasmina keeps harping on him causing the issue. And he goes on to say that he can say a hundred percent of the time that they've had a conflict, they, they start focusing on whether or not they should focus on the conflict or not. And Jasmina says that she's just focused on their communication and talking to each other at a normal level. So Dr. Viviana stops them and asks them to start over because once again, they're having a breakdown in communication and what exactly it is they're fighting or not fighting about. And Jasmina explains to Michael, or she tries to, that she's not really focused on what's happening in the past. She's more focused on the fact that he's, she is currently trying and putting in more of an effort than he is. So Michael says that he does feel like Jasmina's giving him the benefit of the doubt, but he doesn't know how to communicate with her without coming off as aggressive in her mind. So then Dr. Viviana suggests journaling. Maybe he should write down his feelings. That way, you know, there's no tone being heard or anything like that, which he agrees to. And so then Dr. Viviana asks if he feels like he would want to get more physical. And he says that he would because he kind of feels like it would spark more of an emotional connection. But Jasmina says, listen, shop's closed, right? No wet without an emotional connection. Dr. Viviana's like, well, I really think you guys can do this. Bye. (laughs) So afterwards, Michael says that he felt like it was a good conversation because he hadn't realized that Jasmina felt like he wasn't stepping up. And then he says that he feels like journaling will actually be a good idea because they have a tendency to cut each other off. And then Jasmina cuts Michael off and tells him that they've only cut each other off a couple times. That only happened a couple times in, in the conversation with Dr. Viviana. And she warns him to not use that as a launching pad for another fight. But Michael says, well, it doesn't matter if it happened two, one, three times. The fact that it happens at all is something that needs to be worked on. And then Jasmina says, well, what does that have to do with journaling? So then they get into a fight about Michael wanting to journal and have them both do it. 
but Jasmina doesn't want to do the journaling part. So they get into an argument because he's like, I don't understand. This seems like the best situation for us. But she's like, yeah, but I don't want to do it. And then she ends up walking off and walking down the hallway. And then honestly, she said things that like, I really didn't even, I couldn't really make sense of, (laughs) to be perfectly honest with you. The producers follow Jasmina and she says that when she and Michael are having conversations off camera, the communication goes right out the door. And then in the hallway, she says that she doesn't know what isn't clicking with Michael and that she feels like she keeps seeing the same shit back and forth. And she's starting to get frustrated because she's the one who keeps saying that she wants to continue trying, but he's too focused on what they're not doing. So they talk her back onto the couch and what appears to happen is that she says that she wants to work on communication in her own way, which is by you talk, finish your thought. I talk, finish my thought back and forth exchange. Whereas I guess Michael thought that she was just giving him this homework assignment and not wanting to participate, but she's saying you can journal and do that but I want to communicate in my own way. And so Michael says, well, I was just harping on the journaling stuff because I thought that was the only option I want. But if you think that you can communicate and that's what you want to work on and then I can work on my journaling, then that's fine. Cause we have options. Like I, I don't have a problem with that. While she's, <laughs> while he's saying this though, she's like completely body back to Michael not even looking in his direction, just total eyes rolled, O-V-E-R it. Arms over her chest, done. So in a confessional, Michael says that he and Jasmina keep talking in uh, circles until they wind up talking at each other, and that it's been a constant battle and a struggle, and it becomes like a him versus her situation. And then he says if we can't solve these and resolve these small conflicts, there's not ever going to be a chance that we can fix the bigger stuff, which I agree with. I honestly, like, Jasmina, you're on your own on this girl. I don't understand what you were doing or why. It just... I feel strongly that there's... She keeps dropping hints that, like, he is a different person off camera. And that he's a significantly worse person off camera. So I'm hearing her because she does keep saying that. And the story does seem consistent. But I also just feel like if you if it's that bad, then like say it to him directly and not drop hints in these confessionals. I don't know. It was a very strange interaction. And I hate that I can't be on her side. But I can't. I can't. So let's move on because I'm sad about it. <laughs> to Steve and Noi. We saw a quick clip of them. Answering like sexy little questions from their sex box. And they were all like extremely horny. And all about how they want to walk in on each other masturbating and watching porn and how hot that would be. And it's like, okay, great, fine. I don't think I needed to hear this, but okay. <laughs> so Dr. Viviana arrives and 
She praises them both on their ability to be physically intimate with each other. But when she asks how they are, like, or if they're able to be vocal about what it is that they want and need out of a relationship, Noi says that she has a really hard time expressing her feelings. And Steve says that her inability to be open really trickles into other aspects of their relationship in a bad way. Noi says that when she gets upset, she has a tendency to just shut down because in the past... (laughs) She would go scorched earth with her exes and just say whatever came out of her mouth that was the most hurtful, even if it wasn't true. And she doesn't want to do that with Steve. So now she's just in total shutdown mode. Then she starts to cry again about how Noodlegate was this breakthrough moment for them. And she didn't know how deeply she had hurt Steve. But she also knows that it's going to be a process for her to verbalize her feelings without being destructive. And I thought that was like pretty introspective. And not an easy thing to say. And Steve does say, like, yeah, I feel like it's going to be challenging for the both of us. But something has to change because the way we are is not sustainable. And I just feel like they keep saying this and um, we're not seeing the full story of, like, why this is so bad. It's more than a gluten-free noodle. It's got to (laughs) be. Right? It's got to be way more than that because... something's very odd and I feel like we're only getting like half the story with them. Steve says that moving forward, like Noi, I need you to tell me in the moment when you're upset and why so that I can fix it. And then Dr. Viviana asks him what it is that they need from each other to gain trust. Noi says that she would like to be in a relationship where they're both contributing financially. (laughs) So... (laughs) Generally, I vibe with Steve, but this is where he loses me. Because you guys know that I went back to hashtag Team Steve when I realized, okay, he's got his own place. It seems like he's doing all right for himself. But then he lost me again in this moment. And he says, first he asks Noi if she doubts that he's capable of making money. And she says, I don't doubt it. (laughs) But since I've known you, I haven't seen you try. (laughs) So... Then he goes, he asks her, like, if she has felt the effects of his finances or, like, needing to take care of him. And she says, well, no, but I'm going to at some point. And then he's like, okay, so do you like the fact that I cook and clean and keep the house in order? Because if I get a full-time job, I'm just not going to be able to do that. You know, the responsibilities are going to have to fall onto both of us. The house is not going to be as clean. The food's not going to be as good. <laughs> and Noah's like, yeah, that just really sounds like a lot of excuses. And I feel like we could equally contribute to the household as well as working. And so Steve says that for him, he hasn't seen that. And he hasn't seen that they've split tasks yet. And he says, well, you know, I think we should try that. And you can see... Like, we should try this first so you can see what it's really like. (laughs) Okay, okay. This is really turning into, like, a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills storyline real quick. But, like, the issue is that those women were, like, mothers. Stay-at-home mothers. Like, you know, I do I have to beg my my, uh, plastic surgeon husband to, like, uh, spend more time with us and the kids? 
Like, that's usually a storyline. Sir, you don't have a job. I feel like this man is getting real comfortable for three weeks into the marriage for you to be uh, dropping these, uh, let's just see how it feels and let's see how you feel when you're not getting these home-cooked meals. (laughs) Maybe uh, this show... You know, oftentimes, like, when the relationships don't work, the cast members will say, well, it brought me to you, and it brought these great friendships, and maybe, maybe Steve and Elijah on. Maybe the purpose of Maths Boston Part 2 was to bring Steve and Elijah on together, and he wants a, um, to be a housewife so bad, I think there's an open, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Got it. Dr. Viviana does ask Noi how she would feel about being the breadwinner. And she's like, yeah, no. (laughs) Not for me. No, thank you. Don't like it. Oh, Lord. So then after that, the husbands and wives separate again for, you know, very gendered activities. The guys play hockey for some reason, even though... It uh, doesn't seem like any of them, except for maybe Steve, had ever played hockey before. And the women do aerial yoga. So starting off with the women, Lindsay says in a confessional that now that Alyssa's gone and they've cut, they've trimmed the fat, she feels like things are better between the women. And she's kind of hoping that, you know, she and Katina can just continue to be good with each other. And they do the, the aerials. Nothing to report about it whatsoever. At one point, Jasmina says that she uh, may have broken her coochie on one of the moves. And uh, yeah, that that's probably it. Uh, she probably won't be doing it again. Yeah. So then they get into a conversation about what they miss about their single life. Noi starts it off by saying that she's like really happy to be married, but she's kind of missing the chase of it all and... She wonders if maybe she and Steve have gotten a little too comfortable with each other. So then, Jasmina says that she feels like she misses the thrill of the chase, too. And ever since she got into that fight with Michael, she feels like, if anything, she's chasing him. So then, Katina says that she's thrilled. Pleased as fun to be married. Does not miss the chase. Doesn't miss dating. Doesn't miss a single life at all. And, yeah, she just also wants to be aware and not get too, like, lost in the fairy tale of this relationship because that's not good either. 
And then Lindsay's turn comes and she's like, you know what? I've had a lot of fun. Okay. And then she kind of suggests that she's been with more established men in her dating history that have wooed her. And that that's really the lifestyle that she's become accustomed to and that she likes to be wooed. And in a confessional, she says that the types of men that approach her are more big fish, but she doesn't really get the emotional needs that she wants from them and that she gets with Mark, allegedly. <laughs> and that she's, Really, like, she would like to make things work with Mark, but she's also not willing to give up the woo, okay? And the thrill of being chased. I think Lindsay needs to be more honest with herself that she is, I mean, she is being very blatantly, uh, brutally honest about the fact that she doesn't like, uh, clearly being the breadwinner. I mean, she acted like $60,000 that he made a year was like, pfft water under the bridge. I'm sure a lot of people in this country would be grateful to be making 60k, but whatever. She was acting like that was just like a chump change for her, okay? But yeah, I mean, I think that's a big issue and I think that's I don't know, is that something that you get over? I don't think it's something that Lindsay can get over. If she seems to really emasculate and diminish him because he doesn't make a lot of money. And yeah, I just don't know how you get over that. On a bright note, if you can even call it that, she does tell the ladies that she and Mark are having sex again. So at least she's having orgasms. Well, congratulations, Lindsay. So when the ladies asked Jasmina how she would rate their marriage out of one to 10 with Michael, she says that she's not comfortable doing that, but they're just kind of riding the wave right now. Lindsay asks what number Jasmina would need to be at to stay or to say yes on decision day. Jasmina says, you know what? I'll be happy with an eight. But because the first month of their marriage was so rocky, she feels like the second half of their marriage is going to have to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting (laughs) to get to her, get her to an eight on decision day. Lindsay tries to say that Mark kind of said the same thing that they felt like, they lost the first month of their relationship, like in arguing. But Lindsay's like, I feel like I've just learned so much during that time. Jasmine is like, yeah, well, I feel like I didn't learn shit about shit. So (laughs) there's that. Then, uh, we get to the guys. Steve tells them that he dropped the L word on Noi and how shocked she was. And then he asks them like Rose and Thorn, what's been the highest and lowest point of your marriage so far? And Mark says that in terms of Lindsay putting the effort in and doing the little things for him, she's like at a nine. But in terms of the things that he needs and listening to what he wants, their relationship is at about a six. Elijah Wan says that last week his relationship with Katina was a four out of ten, but this week it's an eight out of ten. And then Michael asks Elijah Wan, have you ever been at like a one or a zero? And he's like, no, because if I had been, I would have been out. And Michael reveals that he has been at like a two or even a one sometimes. But at this point, he's at a seven, which I think is pretty optimistic. So after the ladies and fellas night, um, Mark and Lindsay, we see them in bed. They're laying in bed together and Mark asks her what it is that she needs. 
she says to Mark that she just wants to be wooed because he has her, but she's used to getting wooed a lot and there ain't no woo in this relationship. Mark says in a confessional that the difference between like what happened or how she was treated in her past relationships is that there was room to breathe (laughs) and that they really haven't gotten a minute to be away from each other. So he will woo her, but it's going to have to happen on his own terms. Right. Then, um, Lindsay says that she wants to feel like Mark has invested like a vested effort or vested interest in like making an effort because that's the difference between her saying yes or no on decision day. He tells her that he will take it into consideration and try to work on it. (laughs) So moving back to Michael and Jasmina, the experts set them up with an activity that we've seen a million times before when they want these couples to have sex. There's some sort of uh, clog in their intimacy. Tantric yoga, right? So they do the tantric yoga. And actually, I think out of all the couples that we've seen over the season, this probably worked best on Michael and Jasmina. Definitely worked on Jasmina, it seemed like. She's talking about like how good it feels to be close to Michael and have him feel all of her in a way. So when they're done with their yoga, the instructor gives them this like box of questions and blindfolds, different treats and questions. I said questions. Um, So they go back and forth being blindfolded. Person asks a question, person blindfolds, they answer, right? Um, So the first question is from Michael. He asked Jasmina if she's been able to be fully vulnerable with him. And she says no, because of the lack of communication. And then she says something like she feels like Michael doesn't care. So she holds back from giving a hundred percent. And then Jasmina asks Michael, what would be the one thing that would be hard for him or what has been hard for him to say? And he says, well, I just wish that I trusted you more. And that if they could have more conversations that don't lead to Jasmina being defensive, they could get there. (laughs) So Jasmina says, actually, she's really not surprised that Michael feels that way. And that she knows that she has to create a safe space for him to trust her. And in a confessional, Michael says that it's honestly such a big relief that she's taking ownership and that it's a huge step for him in the right direction. So then Jasmina asks Michael if he regrets getting married at first sight And he says, no, like, we've definitely had a rough patch, but if we can get through this hump and get to know each other a lot more, like, it'll have been worth it. So Jasmina says they've had a lot of humps, but she's had glimpses of what it would be like to be married to Michael. And in those moments, she, like, likes it, and she really sees a future. So (laughs) they're having this lovely moment. Um, after the questions, you're supposed to like feed each other a berry or, you know, very sensual, something like that. And she takes a can of Cool Whip and almost chokes him out with it (laughs) as he's blindfolded, just, just drowning under a sea of, of cream and nitrous, the poor thing. (laughs) He really gets very dramatic about the whole thing. It was very funny to both myself and Jasmina. Then they get back to the apartment and they're getting ready for bed and he's like combing out his beard and she goes, oh, you know, can I help? Like, can I try it? And he's like, you know, he hands her the comb and he goes, 
You know, I really don't have a lot of trust in you since the whipped cream incident. <laughs> very, very jokey. And I like, I like their vibe. I like their vibe. Like when they're good, they're good. I, when they're good, like we've been seeing, I like them more than probably any other couple. And I'm still like 80% on Jasmina's side, but like she was tripping a little bit. She was tripping, but they seem to be on a good way. And like, Michael seemed to be equally as upset in this relationship, but if he was saying that it's a seven for him, then I think that that's pretty positive and that their relationship is going in the right direction. Then he gets in bed and they talk about the yoga experiment and how good it was. And Michael says that they probably hadn't looked at each other in the eye like that since they got married. And so in a confessional, Jasmina says that she hasn't felt a spark like that since her wedding day with Michael. And... She feels like they've been having really good days, but she just wants them to have like a good streak of days, right? So she tries to get a high five from Michael for not interrupting earlier. <laughs> he goes, I'm not going to give you a high five right now. Like I, I'm just going to need a little bit more consistency on that level. But then she tricks him into giving a high five. <laughs> She's very immature <laughs> in the best possible way. And he's like, you know what? Um, I just really hate that you think you're so funny <laughs> and they just have a good rapport. I really, I really like that. Like, I think she needs a guy who can kind of joke with her like that. I think that's really what really Jasmina likes, like a good sense of humor, just a laid back dude. And so I'm liking it. I'm, I'm liking them. Honestly, like, even though they're not doing well, well, they're still my number one couple at this point. All right, back to Steve and Noy. They get this five senses exercise so they can be more intimate with each other. They have to take a body shot. Noy claims that she's never done a body shot, but weren't we supposed to act like she was uh, quietly noisy? Miss Secret Party Girl? You've never done a body shot? That's wild to me. And it was wild to Steve. He says that he feels like she's probably just fronting about that. <laughs> and I agree. I fully agree. Um... Then they start to talk about fantasies. Steve mentions how he wants to go and take a shower together. And Noi's like, that's it? All right. She mentions how she wants to have sex in a semi-public place. And Steve's like, you know what? I'm in the business of, of making your dreams come true, girl. Okay? So <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. Whether we go on a road trip or some other event, I'm going to figure out some place that we're not going to get arrested. And we're going to make it happen. You guys, I, I feel like Steve... Mm. Well, that's all I'm going to say about that. I, mm, <laughs> I'm looking at Steve and I'm just having some questions and some queries and quandaries drumming up in my mind. And then they had to dance for each other. And I, I was like, he's not a bad dancer. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Steve's hot. I think that's what I'm saying. I think Steve is hot. Mm. Terribly boring though. I don't like... I'm like, mm. I want him to have a job. And if he had a job, I would say, I think he's maybe too good for Noi. But it's the fact that he's trying to trick her into being a house husband that really gets me in the, in the, in the gippy or whatever. Anyway, let me end this episode <laughs> with um, Katina and Elijah on. Was there anything else from Noi and Steve? Not really. They just like, they write down their worries about their relationship and set them on fire. Probably a 
fire hazard on behalf of the building, but whatever. I, I don't like activities like that on reality TV, so I had no notes. No notes on that. So, yeah, let's end with Katina and Elijah Wan. They get a sex box, too. They're a lot of, like, BDSM toys. They spank each other or whatever. And then Elijah Wan gives Katina uh, what I guess is a massage, but it appeared to be less of, like, a sexy stomach massage situation and more of like a lymphatic drainage massage that girls get after they get like BBLs and stuff and tummy tucks. <laughs> I don't know. She said it felt good. So, you know, God bless her. Um, that was basically it. Uh, Elijah one says in a confessional that he was just kind of surprised that Katina was really into getting massaged by him, but he, he, <laughs> He said, I'm surprised that she liked me massaging her stomach so much, or no, her back so much, because when I was surprised, skirt, let me go back. <laughs> it says, I'm surprised that she liked that I gave her a back massage more than the stomach massage, because when I was rubbing her stomach, I was closer to her tutu. <laughs> and then the episode leads us to believe that they went on and had sex. We'll see, because the preview for next episode didn't look great. Did not look great. Mm. It looks like uh, Elijah Wan found something to really get into Katina about, and she says, you know, cut the cameras, dead ass. So I'm, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, um, I'll be having a guest next week. Should be. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.